these companies are a part of the family and we want to do something with them. And there's a strategic reason why we made that investment. Welcome to Blue Notes. Today, ANZ's Nick Higginbottom talks to Dan Whipler, Head of Investments for ANZI, the bank's new investments and innovation team. Whipler explains what ANZI does, who they have invested in so far, and what their superpower has been. Okay, Dan Whipler from ANZI Ventures, thank you very much for joining us on Blue Notes. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for uh, having me. Absolute pleasure. Your official title? Uh, Investment Director at ANZI Ventures. Please tell us a bit about what ANZI is and what you're trying to achieve. ANZI is the innovation and investment team within ANZ. Uh, It's broken into three different kind of groups, all under RON, and purposely we're all together because I think it really makes us a cohesive unit. So we have the partnerships team, which uh, really is focusing on being the the cheerleader for our portfolio companies back into the bank and helping different business unit leaders interact with them and work with them, Um, but also working with, you know, the bigger end of town. So, you know, the... Google's, the Amazons of the world, and uh, co-creating and working with them. So that's the partnership team. And then the largest team we actually have is called the New Business Lab, or NBL for short. The NBL, it's a business incubation uh, function. They create businesses in ANZ uh, with the idea of spinning them out. So they go, they test, they validate, they create you know, these different propositions or businesses. And then the intention is to take them outside the bank and have them as a separate entity. So ANZI created and um, sponsored, but then they do their own thing outside. And, you know, they may interact with ANZ, they may, may not. And there's uh, the ventures arm, obviously, um, where I'm the uh, investment director. The mandate of that is to make early to late stage, um, you know, a little jargon here, but Series A um, yeah. to uh, you know Series C investments. Uh, that's just those are kind of different parts of the life stage of a tech company. And does that essentially mean A through to C is sort of grading the size of the investment, or is yeah it- generally the valuation and the size of the investment checks um, increase um, with. The higher letters, um, sure. not always, uh, as we saw with Uber uh, recently. Uh, sometimes those things don't really work out. Our purpose is to make investments in companies that ANZ can work with and partner with, and that we can bring strategic value to them, and they can bring strategic value to us. So we're very much a strategic investor. You know, financial is important, but main number one focus is the strategic link back to the bank and of the bank linking to them. And so, given what you've just said there. I would imagine when you're looking to make these investments, it's scale and size obviously play a role, but it sounds like that's not the primary focus. What is the primary focus for you when you're looking to make one of these investments? We do look at kind of four different verticals or you know focus areas. So home ownership is one, uh, small, medium businesses, open data, which you know kind of uh, goes into the open banking regulations and things that are coming up, sure. and just the general flow and uh, consumption of data, and then trading capital flows. So really the four things that ANZ is focused on strategically at the top, those are the investment guardrails that we use. Yep. We've made smaller investments in companies that are less than 10 people. And then some of our investments, uh, the companies have 400, you know, 500 staff. Right, right. Uh, so it's case by case. And, but the, the main goal is to derive uh, value from either their technology, their process, um, you know, how they're looking at the world and then also deliver value from ANZ back to them uh, in the way of, you know, could be a co-creating something, could be a better experience for our, It's maybe it's a product or service we just don't offer and the bank has no interest in 
doing it itself and we've you know make an investment in a partner and they kind of service that for us it really depends they're all very different objectives and it's very much case by case we try to do our best to be strategic first that's the number one importance so that sounds like it's, it's very much a two-way street it's Absolutely. not a and z buying a chunk of startup a and saying well, now we own you you know if you guys work great if you don't we'll, we'll disown you no, absolutely not. Our main focus is we, we absolutely do want to help them grow and uh, scale and become, you know, the next big thing. But um, at the same time, we're not there to make a financial uh, return. That's important. And, you know, we'd like to do that. But the strategic benefit between uh, us and them is the most important thing. So if we can work with them to deliver a superior experience to our customers, or we can uh, use their technology to improve our current practices and services. That's what we're we care most about. And so I know it's hard to talk about some of these things because they're either under wraps or in development, yet to play out to this date. But using a hypothetical example for us, how would something like that that's being developed within the ANZI world? How is that going to help ANZ customers' lives in the future? A great example would be um, something like a Lendy or uh, a yep. Divi Pay, two of our portfolio companies. They have a service that, you know, obviously we do home loans like Lendy. It's core to our business. However, you know, their front end experience is a lot better than ours. Um, digitally native, much quicker. The whole process is just streamlined. So by working with someone like that, we can improve the experience for a potential home loan client of ours or a uh, existing client that maybe wants to refinance or whatever they're looking to do. Similarly to like something like DiviPay, they have a uh, virtual card for small businesses. We don't currently offer that exact proposition. So something like that, we could co-create with them an A and Z product that is you know, powered by DiviPay because they have the technology, it's built, it works, and then deliver it to our small business customers and you know, really give them that value out of uh, a new service that ANZ currently doesn't uh, have. So then we have Slip, which is a uh, digital receipt company, a co-investment between uh, NAB, ANZ, and uh, Westpac's venture capital fund uh, reinventure. We also have Bud, which is a UK-based company. They do a lot of kind of open banking infrastructures, really the best way to describe it in a very quick and non-complicated That's way. What we want. They're invested in by Goldman Sachs, HSBC, uh, Investec, Banco Sabadell, uh, a whole bunch of uh, huge financial institutions. We have Data Republic, again, another co-investment between um, us and a few of the uh, Australian banks. It's a data governance and exchange uh, and commercial commercialization platform. We also have BrickFloor, which is similar to a few models in the States um, that allow you to guarantee a, pr a, a price for your house and set a floor uh, when you're going to auction. And Valiant is an SMB lending platform, so it allows small medium business owners to uh, find the best loan for them. And they aggregate a, a whole bunch of different lending options. And again, similar to Lendy, they have a superior uh, ditch variance that allows someone to quickly and easily apply for a whole bunch of, or see a whole bunch of different products and then choose the one that is um, correct for them. And that's interesting talking about the different digital options. All these companies, organizations you invest in, they'll have slicker, better digital offerings. That makes sense. But it does bring up another point that, you know, and you even mentioned some of our competitors there who are investing in Lots of people are doing this. All the banks are doing this in Australia, I think. What makes ANZI different? So I think our main 
difference and I think competitive advantage is number one the fact that we do have the NBL uh, type function and that's not the that's not the basketball league that's no, the... no 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 uh, yeah I wish we'd had the basketball league here but um, <laughs> the uh, yeah so the NBA, the new business lab we do have the unique capability that uh, if it's something if we make the investment and then we can co-create something with them, then that could be spun out as a JV or a wholly owned sub. That's a unique capability, which the other, I'm talking about NAB Ventures and Reinventure, which is Westpac's fund, don't have. NAB used to have NAB Labs, um, no longer have that, but their mandate was always internal. Ours is, yes, it could be internal, but also have the ability to spin it out. So it allows us to quickly work with a, a fintech that the normal process would take a quite quite a bit longer. I think our superpower, which I like to say, is our senior stakeholder buy-in, which I think we saw, um, it was great last week. We've had a actually really exciting past week. We had our venture portfolio day. So we had the seven investments that we've made through the venture arm come to our office here in Sydney and spend time with our senior leadership to talk about what they're working on, how they uh, would like to work with ANZ and you know, kind of updates on the products. At that event, we had the CEO, obviously Shane Elliott. Uh, we had Michelle Jabko, our CFO, Miley Carnegie, our group digital executive attended. And uh, we also had Emma Gray, our chief data officer, and Gerard, our chief tech officer. So it was a, it was a really, it was a great room. Then we had Shane talking in Canberra. Uh, he mentioned us uh, during inquiry. And then, uh, yeah, and then we had the the media in the Australian and in the, um, the AFR talking about what we're building here and a little bit about Ron and I. On top of that, also Miley, Shane, and Michelle are the investment committee that Ron and I go to with all the investments. So they personally look over what we're planning to do and the companies we're looking to invest in and endorse those investments. With that endorsement, I think it gives us a real advantage in terms of visibility within the bank uh, that these companies are a part of the family and we want to do something with them. And there's a strategic reason why we made that investment. It's not a financial one. Every time we do make these investments, there is an angle for how and why and when we will interact with them uh, on the ANZ side and and the benefits that we can bring to them as a client or a partner. And does that help with planning to either embed or, you know, marry up with certain startups, fintechs, what have you, and the actual sort of, let's call it the um, the traditional business of banking, which obviously ANZ's got a, a pretty good handle on? Yeah, yeah. I think um, having their perspective is extremely valuable to just make sure that our thesis behind some of these investments actually aligns to the bank. There's things that they might not have thought of that you know maybe we didn't know, but the group executives who've had these you know very long and prestigious careers, they can you know draw on some of those experiences and give that knowledge back to the companies that we're looking to invest in and that we have invested in. And that's quite unusual from what I understand. That's quite an unusual... It's unprecedented. Yeah. Unprecedented, yeah. right. Yeah, so there's... how did the portfolio companies feel about having executives of that caliber join that day? I think it was eye-opening to them because generally you never get anyone with a chief in their title uh, to come to these things. They all found it extremely valuable and were, uh, I think, frankly, blown away by the amount of support that ANZ has shown them. And I will say too, we've had great support from our colleagues in Singapore, New York. You know, Grant, uh, who runs our uh, U.S. division, has been extremely supportive in sending over companies and helping out when we're in in the area. 
Um, same thing in Singapore. The whole team up there has been uh, amazing with hosting us and introducing us to people. And so it's a very nice kind of family effect, <laughs> I feel, that we've uh, we've created. Yeah, it sounds like it. And so that's that's really good for us to understand how ANZI works. And there's clearly some differentiation from competitors and how sort of maybe more traditional VCs might approach this world. Is there a view either personally yourself or within business that, you know, one model is more likely to succeed or is better than some of the other models you see out there? It depends on how you're benchmarking yourself. So I think the flexibility that someone like reInventure has, uh, where they can invest extremely broadly, many different verticals. In terms of if you're looking for a financial return, probably a really different model from ours. They don't need to think about a strategic link back to the bank. They can just make an investment because they like the company, they like the space or the founders. You know, looking at something like NAB, great team. They've they've built a uh, you know, successful portfolio. I think where they fall short is some of that senior buy-in um, and they've had trouble integrating. And I think same thing with reinventors because they sit outside the bank, they haven't had that ability to bring things back in and have the bank collaborate with the fintechs. So I think we've kind of found a nice sweet spot between that of we have the senior buy-in, we do have a focused thesis, and that has allowed for our companies to quickly and easily uh, work with the bank. So half of our portfolio within the first year um, has already been working with the bank and either ANZ has been a customer, a partner, in some cases we're co-creating, in other cases we're using their APIs to deliver a superior service very soon to our customers. So I think our speed and flexibility has been um, really unique compared to our competitors domestically and globally. I suppose time will tell, but that does sound promising. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Absolutely. And Dan, your accent gives it away. You're obviously originally from America. I believe you're from the East Coast. And so what insights, um, outside of what you're doing specifically for work, but what insights can you give us from from those experiences and talking to Ron? Like what are some of the trends that you're seeing coming out of the States? There's not really a, a massive difference, I would say, in terms of the technology trends. A lot of these trends are global, so it's not you know US specific. I think where the US is much different is the banking system here is light years ahead in some respects to the states. There's products and services in the U.S. which would never exist here. Things like Venmo, you know, it's extremely common for people to send money using a service like that. Here it would never really happen because we have NPP, there's four banks, you know, there's more than four, but really four. And yeah, you can send money quickly and easily between all of them just on a mobile app. So you don't need to have this other layer between. The interesting trend is in the States, and it has been coming here, is more of the finance uh, embedded into other services. So you, know, you might have an HR platform and it has finance in it. You might have a, a time management platform for your employees and there's some other sort of financial product or... Um, so what they can make payments within that platform yeah, or something? Yeah, so it's, it's really, it, I think the, the trend we're seeing a lot is it, just embedding finance into other aspects of you know your everyday life and use seamlessly and not in a predatory way or anything like that, but just making it easier. So you're naturally doing one thing and then the finance just kind of happens in the background um, without you really noticing. Um, so I think that's one thing that is definitely coming here and it, it has been already. We've seen it with a few companies, uh, but I think that trend will uh, continue to um, evolve. Well, thank you very much for sharing some of those insights and, and for your time. We'll watch with great interest to see how things develop in your world. And I think Ron dropped a few 
very subtle hints that we might see something exciting in 2020. Yeah, yeah, we've got a couple things in the pipeline, uh, a few investments, um, as we said in the articles, really looking internationally as well. So uh, trying to do more investments overseas with the intention that that technology or service or product or whatnot will um, will be coming to Australia or uh, used in ANZ's offices you know, throughout Australia, New Zealand, or other parts of the world. So, um, And yeah, the NBL has uh, a couple really exciting propositions that are coming out soon. So as I say, watch this space. Well, a lot to look forward to. We'll have to get you back for another discussion sometime in 2020. Dan Whipler, thanks very much for joining Blue Notes. Thanks, Nick. Thank you for listening to Blue Notes On Air. Blue Notes On Air was produced by the Blue Notes editorial team with music by Kevin McLeod. 